0: Welcome to mini episode 289 of Real Life Ghost Stories, and I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from April the 1st, 2023. And story number 1 comes from D. It was late February and Sydney was in the middle of a week-long sweltering heatwave. We lived too far out west to feel the relief of any sea breeze. Our house was like sleeping in a bloody furnace. After cold showers and fanning the kids with cool, damp face cloths, I finally got them off to sleep. My now ex husband was also upstairs trying to get to sleep, and I had decided to sleep on the floor downstairs, as it felt at least a degree cooler than upstairs. We didn't have any air conditioning. In just my undies, I eventually drifted off, in and out of a restless sleep, waking periodically, flipping my pillow over and over, and shifting my body to find a good spot sans body heat on the sheet I'd laid down on the carpet. Amidst my drowsy exhaustion, I heard a voice that puzzled me. It was familiar, but I didn't immediately recognise who it was. I laid still, listening, feeling tired and confused. D, you are having a beautiful sleep now. You are nice and comfortable and cool. Lay still. Don't move, D. Just keep sleeping. It came to me when he quietly said once again, Keep sleeping, Dee. It was the voice of my late cousin, Chris. Then again, Dee, you are having a beautiful sleep now. You are nice and comfortable and cool. Lay still. Don't move. Just keep sleeping. His soothing voice was working. I began to relax even though I knew it was still roasting hot and I was aware of sweat on my pillow. I felt so comforted listening to his calming voice. Chris had passed about five years beforehand. We were very close growing up. His family were my second family and his passing from cancer in his early 30s was devastating for all of us. He hadn't visited me since passing and I was so surprised to suddenly hear his voice. He kept repeating ever so calmly and hypnotically, Stay asleep, D. Stay asleep. In the background, I was conscious of my grumpy husband upstairs, calling out, Are you awake, Dee? Answer me, Dee! Wake up and answer me, Dee! Is that you? What are you doing? Then, closer to my ear, Chris talking calmly, Stay asleep, Dee. You're relaxed and cool. Don't move. You are having a beautiful sleep. You don't have to wake up. Stay sleeping. Keep sleeping. Sleep. Sleep. I could hear my husband, Dee! with chris's voice overriding the compulsion to wake and answer my husband all sense of time was lost i woke suddenly to noises outside i leapt up in a shocked state the front door was wide open it was locked when we went to sleep my husband an ex-cop i might add was coming down the stairs With a bed sheet wrapped around me, I walked to the front door. There were police cars flashing blue and red, reflecting through the windows, on the walls. Police with torches were knocking on doors, searching for a reported burglar who had been doing the rounds in our area, entering downstairs while people were asleep upstairs. I raced back inside and flicked on the lights. My handbag, which had been next to me, was upended. Cosmetics, tissues, etc. scattered near my pillow and my purse, you guessed it, was gone. My husband said he had heard the front door open and movement downstairs, but didn't know if it was me. Thank you, Chris, for protecting me. Well, that story took a wild turn, to be honest. First of all, part of the horror was the idea of being in that stifling heat. I mean, it's currently a bit of a heatwave here in the UK, but I imagine that is nothing compared to a Sydney heatwave in the middle of February and I can understand you being like I just need to sleep on the floor I need to sleep somewhere where it's slightly cooler it sounds like Chris was keeping you asleep so that you didn't wake up and interrupt the burglar while the burglar was seemingly right beside you that actually makes me shiver the idea of being asleep and having somebody that you don't know robbing your stuff right beside you And of course, you don't know what somebody is going to do if they are interrupted from committing a crime. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if they're just going to run out the door or if they're going to attack you. But thank goodness for Chris keeping you safe. And I think that sometimes the people that we love, the people in our lives, they just sort of, they come back to look after us when we need it most. And uh, I'm sure we should all be very thankful for that. And story number two comes from Anonymous. I've always been able to just know things. I'll walk by a person, a place, or an object, and it's like a voice in my head telling me information that I could not have known. It's not constant, but it has happened all my life. The first time I spoke about something I heard, I was four, and my auntie had come to visit. She and my uncle had moved abroad the year before. My auntie had come in the house, gave everyone a hug, and nipped to the toilet. When she went out of the room, I turned to my mom and told her that she, my auntie, had bowel cancer and the doctors have told her that it is terminal, but not to worry because it wasn't and the chemotherapy will work. I was four years old and had no knowledge of cancer or chemotherapy. It turned out that my auntie had been diagnosed with cancer the month before and the doctors had told her that they would try chemo to extend her life. However, it wouldn't cure her. And they gave her no longer than 18 months my auntie and uncle hadn't told my mum or anyone in our family no one even knew she was ill but after her trip to visit us she went home and started chemo and to the doctor's amazement after only 12 months of chemo her incurable cancer was completely gone and never returned no one could explain how i knew and it was basically ignored as something creepy and this is just one example it has happened all my life Anything from giving people messages, knowing something terrible happened in a location without knowing anything about a location, knowing who owned an item before me and facts about their life. A few years ago I was looking at the baby pictures of me and my three siblings that my mum had on the wall. I heard in my head when looking at my baby picture, that's not you. I was very shocked and while I haven't been wrong before I ignored it and put it to the back of my mind. I've always been different to my family, different traits and mannerisms, etc. So put it down to being self-conscious about that. But it's been in the back of my head for a long while to do a DNA test to check and about six months back, I bought a test but chickened out of using it. I was listening to your podcast with my husband. It was number 111, the ancient ram in. I know we are so far behind, but we only started binge listening a few months back. And in the middle of the podcast, as clear as day... We both heard Dan's voice say, do the DNA test, he's running out of time. Me and my husband stared at each other for a long time and then went back into the podcast to see if it was still there. It wasn't. I've just known things my entire life, but I've never once heard anything outside of my head and my husband is, or was, a million percent non-believer. We ended up doing a DNA test only to find out that I was adopted at six months The baby picture wasn't of me, but a cousin. My biological mother had died when I was a newborn and my biological dad was searching for me because he was dying and he only had a month left. I found him and travelled down to Cornwall to meet him for the first time last week and three days later, he died peacefully in his sleep. If Dan's voice hadn't told me to do the DNA test, I would have been too late. I'm not entirely sure what to say about this one. Sounds like your intuition is pretty spot on. Imagine you being little four year old you and being like, oh, you know, she has bowel cancer and she is going to be told the chemotherapy won't work, but it will work and she'll be fine. Like if that was my kid, I'd be like, those are words that you shouldn't know. Four year olds in general unless they have direct experience with these things, generally don't know or comprehend or understand things like cancer and chemotherapy, etc. So let me let me tell you, if you start happing on about that and you're my kid and then it comes true, I am viewing you with an air of suspicion from now on, okay? I'm assuming that you are some sort of tiny witch. To be really serious for a minute, I am so glad that you got to meet your biological father before he had passed away. It sounds like your intuition was spot on when it, you know, you looked at a picture of you and your siblings and you went, that's not you. Or your intuition told you that it wasn't you or whatever this is. I'm saying intuition because it's the easiest way to to describe it quickly. And I'm just going to say it, you know, when Daniel was alive, he spent all of his time trying to help other people. And that's not a romanticized idea of him just because he is no longer with us. That genuinely is who he was. So if in death he's spending his time helping other people, I'm I'm not remotely surprised. And I'm glad in this instance that whatever happened, whether it was your intuition speaking to you through Dan's voice, or I don't know what happened. Alright, but either way, I'm glad that it did happen and I'm glad that you got to meet your biological father. And story number three comes from Anonymous. I've wanted to email the podcast for so long regarding my paranormal experiences but somehow never got up the courage I will share these in the future but I do have a theory that I'd like to share and get your thoughts on I strongly believe in intuition and have listened to my inner voice on many an occasion and strongly believe it has saved me from some hairy situations at the moment I'm experiencing a wee bit of a depressive episode literally spending all day in bed Not washing, second-guessing every decision I've ever made in my life. Reliving every past embarrassing moment in horrifying HD clarity. And I was just wishing I could do my life over one more time. But this time, knowing everything, knowing the pitfalls and where it would go shit for me and obviously avoiding that. Literally, if I never went to that one place or never met that one person, then maybe my life would have been happier. I would have had a better life. And then it hit me. What if we get do-overs and we are living them again now? What if the little voice in the back of my head literally is me, desperately trying to save me from making past mistakes again? What if the third man theory is actually me watching from above somehow, desperately trying to change the course of my life? I've always relied and listened to my intuition, but what if it has been me this whole time? Listen, Anonymous, I don't know where you get off, given everybody existential crises. Okay? But, but keep your theories to yourself because we all just want to stumble along not knowing no I'm joking obviously firstly Anonymous I'm very sorry that you're going through a depressive episode dear God it is hard and I hope that now it is now September I hope that things have become a little bit easier and a little bit lighter for you and if they haven't I at least hope that they will get lighter and easier for you and that light is on the horizon Secondly, we've had loads of weird stories over the years. Do you remember that story of the guy who saw the ghost of an adult when he was a kid and then when he grew up, he realised it was actually him? Like some sort of alternate universe, him? I've also read Reddit stories where people have similarly seen older versions of themselves and as they've gotten older, they've gone, oh my God, when I was a child, I actually saw me. There are so many People who believe there are multiple dimensions where we are living different lives or living the same life, maybe just slightly differently. So maybe it's some in some place, in some way, your intuition is just you going, We've seen this before, don't do it. I can tell you it does not end well. It's very weird as well that when we get these synchronicities of two stories in a row that are both anonymous stories and that also are stories that are all about intuition and trusting your intuition weird do I think that we get do-overs and do I think that there are versions of us that are living life differently I hope so I hope there's versions of my life elsewhere that have turned out differently and maybe there are versions of my life elsewhere that aren't as good but I, I think fundamentally just always trust your intuition And story number four comes from Anya. I was three or four years old when I first had sleep paralysis. I was staying at my maternal grandmother's house for the weekend and there were only four rooms for like 12 people. So I was sleeping with my granny and my sister on the floor on a makeshift bed. I remember waiting up for my granny to finish her work in the kitchen and come to bed. I was wearing multiple silver bangles on both hands that kept making loud noises when I even slightly stirred in bed. So it was a little past my bedtime when I eventually fell asleep. The next thing I remember is three male figures standing outside the main door. I honestly can't properly describe them because they appear to be black figures, but were kind of translucent watery figures. If you want a better picture, all I can say is imagine the predator in its transparent hiding from others form, but make it black. They knocked once and then just let themselves in through the door. They beelined into my room and again just let themselves in, but now there were only two of them. I can still see and feel one of the figures sitting on my torso, pinning my hands to my sides and screaming in my face. I was completely petrified and couldn't move a muscle for like a minute, and then I started screaming at the top of my lungs, but neither my granny nor my sister even stirred in their sleep, so I tried calling for my uncles in the other rooms. I remember feeling my throat burning from all the screaming but not a single soul came into my room. That's when I realised that my mouth was open and I was straining my vocal cords but not a single sound came out. I tried again and again and still not even a whisper came out. The male figure was still sitting on me and not letting me move. I remember feeling so terrified, defeated and helpless that I lay there staring at it. After what felt like hours it let go of my hands, removed the silver bangles I was wearing, took those bangles with it and just went off like they'd came in. I remember being able to breathe properly again and turned to my side, crying into my pillow before falling asleep. In the morning, I woke up with a start and the first thing I did was check my hand and the silver bangles were missing. So when I saw my sister sitting on the bed, I told her about it all and the missing bangles. I don't know if my sister was lying or not, but maybe to calm me down, She said that she was the one who removed them from my hands and threw them away. Even for a four-year-old, the threw-it-away part was not convincing. So I searched for them around the house, inside the house and even in the trash can for a week, and I still couldn't find them. But maybe because it didn't occur again or because I wanted to believe my sister's version of events, that she threw my bangles away first thing in the morning, I made myself believe that it was all just a dream. To this day I am not sure if the first part of them coming through the doors was me dreaming or I did actually see it all happening or my subconscious mind made up a story so that the rest of the part that I saw with my eyes and felt didn't feel so real but like the continuation of the dream. But after that day I couldn't sleep alone. I was terrified of going to the washroom at night and generally scared of the dark. It took me 10 years to sleep in a room alone with the lights on and 4 more years to sleep alone in the pitch black. The next few times were more recent and never involved dark, sinister figures pinning me or screaming in my face. Sleep paralysis is, well, it sounds like a really terrifying thing for people to go through. And people write in about sleep paralysis all the time. And I I don't know if I recommend this documentary. Like, I do fundamentally but I think if you suffer from sleep paralysis it might be a good idea to stay away from it but there is a documentary that I think you can watch on YouTube that is called The Nightmare which is all about sleep paralysis and you know what it scared the bejesus out of me even as somebody who doesn't suffer from sleep paralysis I was like dear god this is terrifying and I I don't know if this is helpful or not but I have an older sister and I'm going to tell you this if I was Wearing bangles during the night that were loud and jingled every time I've moved my arms, and she was in the room with me. You best be sure she would have taken those bangles off me and thrown them away. One hundred and ten percent. She'd probably still do it now, and you know what? I don't blame her. So sleep paralysis is terrifying, but um, older sisters are probably more terrifying. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to D, Anonymous, Anonymous, and Anya for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the first of April, twenty twenty-three. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to our Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.